Poor little guy. What kind of dog is it? Uh, yeah, that's hard to say. Yeah, same with mine. Um, I understand. It, it was supposed to be a um, what is that? Shit, now I can't think of what it was supposed to be. Like a cocker, not a cocker spaniel. Shit, I can't remember. Anyways, so what it was supposed to be, like that's what they advertised it as when they got there. Like, oh, that's really not what this dog (laughs) necessarily is, but uh, we'll take it anyways. Did the Uh, fucking dog get fucking papers? uh, (laughs) Oh, get fucking papers? Does it have fucking papers? Um, I don't roll on Shabbos, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it was there was a rescue from a shelter, so you know who knows what it is. Or or, it's just poorly um, planned dog sex. That's what that animal is. Should we do a little pre-roll? Uh, oh, sorry. That's okay. All of this can be part of the pre-roll. Love that. Welcome to Non-Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with me, your host, Dustin. And over there, the yin to my yang, the peanut butter to my jelly, the cocaine to my country music is Alan. Last names. <laughs> Last names redacted. Yes. Hey, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah. Hi, Mom. We haven't talked to you since before Mother's Day, so I hope it was good. Yeah. Hopefully everybody had a nice time. Some mimosas in quarantine. Yeah, I made bacon for my mom. She was pretty happy, but she, I made bacon on the smoker, I should say. I saw that. It looked amazing. Oh, it was probably the best bacon I've made so far. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Nice. It was so good. Very nice. Very nice. Somebody tried to tell me the secret to making bacon that's crispy without being burnt is to add water. At, as it finishes, and I'm like, I can't pour water on my fucking grill, you fucking indoor <laughs> bacon cooker. That makes zero sense. Well, that's because like how... they don't make their bacon on an open grill. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that the best way to make bacon is to actually bake it yeah. like, in the oven. It, that's like the second but... best way I have it is like in the oven, yeah. I fuck a pan. But adding water? That just seems strange. No, I don't understand it, would it just, at all. It would just... Well, huh. I think I the know. idea is yeah. to separate the oil from it. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Well, you drain it afterwards, right? Dude, I don't know. I didn't ask that person any follow-up after that. I was like, I don't know <laughs> what environment you cook your bacon in. It's not the way I cook mine. That is strange. Yeah. I do put water in, like when I'm making scrambled eggs. I know a lot of people put what? milk, but I've always put water. In the, in the bowl? And, yeah, like a little bit of water. Before you scramble it? No, like when you're when you're mixing it yeah you know, when you're scrambling the eggs with your your whisk or your fork what? i pull a little i put a little bit of water it's, i think it makes it fluffier no that can't possibly do that why would it do that <laughs> why would it make it fluffier it's gonna make it waterier if anything also that water's just gonna burn off when it hits the pan right yeah maybe i don't know maybe i just do it because like my mom did it or something but I, i've some... always done it my i make fantastic scrambled eggs oh. i mean as, as fantastic as scrambled eggs can be so i whatever it's working for me i put um like a proportional dollop, depending on how many eggs there are, of whole fat, unsweetened Greek yogurt. Yeah, just the plain stuff? Yeah, yeah. She all like, bougie. I guess so. Well, what I'll do is <laughs> I'll take a couple of spoonfuls of it straight to the mouth first. Mm. And then I'll like take like another half a scoop and I'll put that in the bowl and I'll just mix up the eggs with that. And then you add a little bit of salt to the eggs right before you put them in the pan. And there was some like chemical description of why that produces better eggs but i don't remember hmm. i'll yeah. take your word for it yeah why are we talking about eggs okay i don't know uh let's let's get down to the week that was i yeah. guess how uh what what did you do for uh, mother's day i stayed at home and 
didn't do anything. I, yeah. I mean, I called my mom, obviously. So, you know, we talked on the phone for a while. Other than that, no, didn't didn't do anything really. You? Yeah. I mean, I know you made the bacon. Yeah, yeah, we had like a little brunch at my mom's place. Um, cool. Yeah. So, last week I got a test. I got a COVID test on Thursday. No, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Last Thursday I got a COVID test, the antibodies test, and they said it would take um, twenty four to forty eight hours to get the results back. Friday afternoon I hadn't got it yet. Saturday I didn't get them. Sunday evening, I get back my results, and it says indeterminate. That's so frustrating. It's like almost, I mean, it's worse than not being able to take the test at all. How did they give the results to you? Was it like email? Email, or? yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I guess I jumped ahead. Great storytelling. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you drive, so it was at a local mall here since the malls don't have anything to do. And sure. um, the second floor of the parking structure, you drive up to the top and they check you in without you getting out of your car. Then you park and then you go into like a little tent village that they have and you go into your own little, um, like an easy up with clear plastic around the sides, um, uh, and like an air conditioner in there. And, uh, they just draw your blood and verify your name and you're out of there in like less than two minutes. Um, then I'm back in the car on cool. the way. Yeah. It was really easy. So they actually, they have testing around here. I actually checked. And I can get tested. I don't have to have symptoms or anything like that, which is nice. But you don't want, they I, don't for, want to take people to do have symptoms, actually, I think, for, yeah. for this test. So this one, um, unfortunately, the tests that they're doing here are not the one you had. They're the swab one, which basically just tests if you, if you are currently um, have the virus versus if you've had it already and have the antibodies. So the swab tells you if, you're, if you have the virus presently and what I did gives you the antibodies? Or it tells yes. you, okay, I thought the swab tested for antibodies as well. No, I don't believe so. I think okay. it just tests if you have the live virus in your system. Although I believe there are some instances where it's saying that you have live virus and really it's not live virus. It's just picking up residue of the virus having been in your system. Oh. Um, but So I didn't go do it. It's free. The county's paying for it. Um, I didn't go do it because I, I don't feel like I have anything at the moment. I am curious as to whether or not I may have had it in the last two months or two and a half months because I think that's possible. But um, I'm, So I'm waiting to, to see when they have that the type of antibody test like you were able to take. But I guess this one is where you don't even get out of your car. You just drive up. They uh, You roll down your window. They take your information. They swab you, and you drive off. Yeah, that so. and you know whether I could had to get out of the car or not. I mean, yeah, finding out whether I had it in the past was kind of what I was shooting for, you know, because I I just had the impression that over the last two two and a half months, or if it's been you know in the community longer than they thought, I right. I would have gotten sick already. So I I so there's two antibodies that they test for, and that letter is a certain type of antibody, and there's two that they test for. One's a short reaction antibody that your body produces in the sh in the short term while responding to an infection so if you mm -hmm. test for that antibody it means that you probably got infected within like the last five to eight days and then there's another one that's antibody g the letter g it's like if a, you have, the longer term one yeah that means that your body has been fighting off an infection from like over two weeks almost three weeks maybe or mm -hmm. longer and I was really hoping to see that, to see that G antibody uh, and right. say, well, this went through my, my, it's in my rear view and I didn't even know it, you know? Um, sure. 
So are, are you able to go get retested? Yeah. Like, can you try again? So I can test again in a week to two weeks, they say. And the idea is, you know, if... So, so there's two reasons that you could have an indeterminate test. So it could be that I have another cold and they mm-hmm. can't tell because the antibodies are similar and they, it's just too inconclusive, which is really common, right. right? Like people get sick. You get a cold this time of year. There's other yeah. things besides coronavirus that we've all been getting sick of before this. Um, and then the other thing is there's, uh, I guess, like a, a phase later on where you're not yet producing those G antibodies and, and I'm just not showing that. So, or I could in fact be negative which, um, so I, I, I sent the link to my family to get tested as well. And I've spent the last few weekends like doing puzzles at my mom's house with my brothers. And my mom got her test back the next day negative. So I'm pretty certain my indeterminate is a negative that they didn't want to say conclusively. But I just can't imagine like sharing that space while working on a puzzle. You're like, you don't mean to, but you're like touching your hands, your face, you're touching each puzzle piece. You know, it, it would just be pretty hard to imagine um, one of us being sick and the other one not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is Has anybody that you know of that no. you know personally tested positive? No. Uh, yeah. I don't think that I even know someone that I know someone whose mom got sick. Yeah. I know one person. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know anybody personally that. Because my mom works in the hospital up in in Washington, and so she's been, I guess, around people and definitely in rooms where people have been that have had the virus, um, but nobody I know has tested positive. Yeah, and it's like all we've wanted to know for the last two, two and a half months is whether or not we have it or not, you know? So with the ability to take the test, I was happy to do it. Um, I was disappointed that I didn't get a conclusive result, though, but I, I still feel better that I was able to take it, um, even though... I don't feel better at all with the result I got. I just, I'm, I'm glad that we're at the stage where we can take tests and I can go take another one if I want to now, you know, it wasn't like that was your one chance and now you don't know. Yeah. It feels like at least in our area that the testing thing has sort of been figured out to a certain extent and that they are available and they are out there for people that want to get them. Not just if you are uh, symptomatic, um, you can, you can go test yourself, which is nice. Kind of believe some of that anxiety that you might have right. in the back of your head. Right. Like mine was $150, but then my friend, when I told him about mine, he's like, oh, here's one. It's 50 bucks in home, you know? So if I want to take, I'll just schedule that one. So the um, the ones around here, are the they're 100% free. No, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The county's, the county's paying for it. You don't even have to have insurance or anything. You just, I guess you have to have proof, resident, proof of residency, maybe. Maybe your, you know, your ID has to say you live in Contra Costa County. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's yeah, completely free. Hmm. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So speaking of testing, you, you, do you want to talk about the, uh, UFC? the press conference? On? Oh, I oh. was thinking we, we'll come back to the sports stuff since we're already here. Okay. Sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean though? Yeah. It's, okay. So you talk about the press conference, uh, with the Asian reporter. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Set that so up. The, okay. So the press conference was all about testing, um, Trump was basically, you know, bragging that, you know, we're, you know, we're killing it in testing, which if you listen to Mitt Romney's comments yesterday during the Senate hearing with Dr. Fauci, he sort of explains why that's not a really accurate representation of, and that we really shouldn't be too proud of our testing. But nonetheless, it has gotten better. We have to admit that. Um, so 
after the press conference, he takes questions like he often does. And this reporter came up to the mic and asked him why he sees the coronavirus testing as a like a global competition when there's so many people, so many Americans have died. And Trump's response was, so first of all, he says, well, people are dying all over the world, but maybe that's a question you should ask China. Maybe you should ask China. Uh, they might, you, you might get a, a strange answer if you ask China. And yes, to, to your point, the, the reporter was Asian. Um, so she pulls down her mask, kind of showing her face, and says, is there a reason that you're asking me that question? Um, which, you know, he deflects and says no. He calls on another reporter. The reporter comes up, but then she allows the, the, the reporter that asked the initial question to sort of follow up. And so because the second reporter didn't immediately step to the mic and ask additional questions, um, Trump tried to pick somebody else. And then when she pushed back, he just ended the press conference and, and walked off the lectern. So I'd only heard the, the press, the press cofefe. Um, anything that starts with CO with him, it's just cofefe. So that whole exchange at the end, I thought that was still only him talking to the initial reporter. Because there was a point where she goes, uh, I, I, ha I said I had two questions, and then he says, yeah, but you don't get to because you didn't respond. Was that not her? Yeah. No, that was a second reporter. Oh, I thought the initial reporter was saying I had a follow-up question. And... No, no. So what happened was, so like, the, the initial reporter asked the question. He went off on his non-sequitur response that she should go ask China. He called another reporter up. The other reporter walks up to the microphone, but doesn't immediately step up, allows the, the first reporter to continue to kind of push back and say, why are you directing that at me? And so because of that, that's, that's when that whole exchange happened. That's funny. Okay. So I don't even, like, first of all, it's like he has China Tourette's right now. He's just, I mean, obviously the narrative that the White House would like to, you know, portray is that uh, to blame China for everything that's happened in the U.S. with the virus. I think there's probably no doubt that China does have some level of blame in, in how they um, release the information to the rest of the world. Although a lot of scientists have praised China for actually releasing the details about the virus and the DNA sequence and all that kind of stuff at a relatively early stage. But clearly, I mean, there's probably things that they could have released sooner that they didn't and still haven't. And there's maybe things they could have done to contain it better. But that the answer to the question was completely it didn't follow at all. No, it was like he just had to say something about China, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what you mean with the Tourette's? Yeah, exactly. It was just strange. I, I don't know. Yeah. What are your... To me, well, to me, I thought it it was just as bad the way that he just said, like, okay, well, if this isn't working out, then we'll just end the press conference. It's like, again, you know, Kofefe, I mean, um, the... <laughs> You know, something something isn't going the way that he wanted it to. He's trying to get a specific message out, and then he has to walk slowly all the way. Because that's the thing. Like, when they do these um, these press conferences where they're doing them now, he has to walk so far to get off, like, off-camera shot now, and it's over. Yeah. yeah. It's such an awkward storming off the, the platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me know. of when George Bush tried to uh, pull that push door. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. You made such a funny face. Yeah. He looked at the camera. He's like, what? <laughs> it was strange. It was a very strange moment. That, I mean, we've had so many strange moments with this president, but there's one more to add to the list. And what This is what happened after he decided not to have daily press conferences too, right? Like this is the result right. of him saying, let's not do this too much. Things are getting out of hand. Right, exactly. 
after he blew up the last time. Wait, was this literally the first press conference since then, or just? Uh, no, he's yeah. had additional press conferences okay. since then. Yeah, I still haven't um, watched. They're them. just not. They're not a daily occurrence anymore, and so typically he comes out when he has something specific that he wants to kind of hammer home. Mm. It's not just a general press conference like they were mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of things happening that are maybe getting to him a little bit. I mean, the virus got into the White House, which you got to figure is one of the most secure buildings on the planet, and still two people, you know, got infected with the virus there. And meanwhile, everybody. Up until, um, I think, I think Monday actually, um, everybody was walking around close quarters, no masks because he doesn't like the way that looks, you know, the way that plays. It sends sends so, a bad yeah, message. Exactly. So. So that's why he's not wearing the mask, but everyone else is yeah. now. So and apparently he said in this press conference actually he said that he had mandated that all the White House staffers now um, wear the masks, and now uh, Trump and Pence have separated themselves from each other. One of the people that was infected was Pence's um, media person. Um, yeah. So he's quarantining, and they're not they're not sharing the same room anymore. They're not meeting in the White House. Pence was not at this press conference. Um, he is still going to work, I guess, but he's just sequestered in a different area, not in the actual White House. So, I mean, stuff like that I'm sure would get to you, not to mention everything else that's going on if, if you're the president, but it was... It was just a very strange thing to watch. I watched it live like I, I have been. How often are they being tested in the White House? Like, how often is the staff being tested? Do you know? From what I understand, the president himself and the people that actually have FaceTime with him are tested daily. So, the pe- yeah, wow. they're okay. obviously, I'm sure they're limiting the people who come into close contact with him. And those people aren't necessarily tested on a daily basis. But the people, and I'm sure those people that do those, te- they're probably being retested once they get a positive too. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So it's not like it's just a false positive from yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean that that press aid for for Pence was with him delivering protective gear to a nursing home like a couple days before oh. being testing positive without wearing a mask, walking into a nursing home. Come on. Why? I mean, why personally would you even do that? <sighs> oh, because you're on the administration. You have to. It's, yeah. Dress the exactly. part. Exactly. It's the the face wow. they want to portray. It's yeah. just it's it's madness. Absolute madness. Um. So did you see the the Fauci hearing yesterday? Well, where they were testifying? No, I didn't. I've heard some of the uh, audio that leaked, especially that uh, Rand Paul made himself available for a soundbite. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Rand Paul. Your Do you boy, have the quote? your I boy can, Rand Paul. No, how dare you? How dare you? Um, you're, <laughs> you're supposed to be the chosen one. I saw that tweet. Um, do I have the quote? I don't think I have the exact quote here. Give me one sec. Yeah. But so basically, what he said was when talking to Fauci specifically about reopening the schools. Um, was that while he had respect for him, he didn't think that he was the end-all authority on this and whether or not the school should be reopened. And Dr. Fauci's response was, I don't think I'm the end-all authority. I'm here to testify on public health because that's what I'm an expert in. Um, All I can give you is advice as to, you know, scientific advice as to what might happen if we did this too early. Um, It's the politician's job to actually enact policy, not mine. I'm paraphrasing, of course. No, you're doing fine. Yeah, that that the thing that was really interesting to me about that quote is that that if I took out the job title and the words that were specifically related to the job title, 
I could say everything that's a Republican talking point and just replace scientist with economist. Literally, economists right now are just saying, look, you know, you don't have to follow my advice. However, there, you know, I am an expert to give expert advice on policy. And my policy advice is that we will not sustain a, a prolonged shutdown any further. Don't listen to me. Listen to me. I don't care. This is the advice that an expert gives you. But when it's that advice coming from, I guess, a medical person or someone that's just saying something that's contradictory to the message they want, they aren't willing to apply the same logic, which is, I might not like this, but this is the expert that I have to turn to, at least for partial guidance on this. And then they just stop there. They don't go, okay, well, who's the other person I'll also listen to for partial guidance on this? They just go, no, that guy's not the only one I should listen to, but no one else, and let's go to work. Yeah, it seems to me that there, for a while, even prior to this event, there has been something of a, a war on the, on the expert from the right. Um, you can call it... I, I disagree, because they'll listen to the expert when it's an economist. Uh, maybe they listen to the expert when it, the expert's saying things they agree with. Well, okay, but now we're just getting <laughs> down to picking experts that support our side, though. Well, I mean, so, like, like to talk about climate change. Um, it, they're not interested in listening to experts there. I mean, so right now there's a whole... The the Fox News crowd are, are um, you know, sharks in the water circling Fauci at this point, saying this guy is not an elected official. Why should we let him enact policy? Which truth is he's not an elected official and he's not enacting policy he's giving recommendations like an expert should and the guy's been doing this for you know 30 years he's the premier expert in the country i think maybe we should listen to him um yeah i even saw stupid devolve devolve easy for you to say mm, this I don't know who you're talking about. I saw really bad arguments (laughs) i saw really bad arguments online what are you trying to say of D. De, uh, Stefano devolved, devolved. Devolved. All right. Uh, hmm. <coughs> Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, You're right there. I don't know. Yeah. A little bit of Rona coming out. Uh, de, de, I don't know. Maybe there isn't a word. That's why I can't find it. I found really bad examples of online debate where people were just like. Well, why are we even listening to this doctor? He hasn't practiced medicine in 30 years. Meanwhile, Dr. Rand Paul has been operating Uh-oh. as an ophthalmologist as recently as last week. It's like, okay, all right. I mean, I don't really care when they literally last put on a stethoscope. Right. I, I can just, I can trust this person as an expert. Um, well, I mean, even the, somebody... I, okay, but my, my response to that, though, would be... Well, wait, my response to what you were saying also would be that when... The people on the right don't want to listen to the people on the left over um, over climate change. I I agree with you. I think that the people on the right that want to ignore that are wrong. But it, it's still a matter of like difference of belief and why they don't want to listen to that expert. So there's people on the left that literally don't want to listen to economists because they're saying things that don't go with what they think would be the right move to make right now. So I do think it's similar. Yeah, I, I suppose that there is hypocrisy on both sides when it comes to that um we just i mean you're right though i would agree that it seems like coming from the right more often than not there's more of no i don't want to say that i was going to say there's lack there's like a a lack of appeal to reason when it comes to those facts but that's just not true i think they just look at different facts you know i i've actually heard ted cruz talk about um climate change 
and do it in a way that I didn't think was completely disingenuous and was just stating a, a difference of opinion. Now, I completely disagree with Ted Cruz, and I, I'm, I'm not a fan of his at all by any means, but he actually had coherent thoughts that, you know, I guess passed the sniff test for somebody who'd actually taken the time to think about the issue and, and you know, taken the time to maybe educate himself at, at least somewhat on the topic. Um, so I, I can see that. I find Ted Cruz to be so repulsive on site. I like, agree. In general, <laughs> I I don't know that I've really ever even given him a chance. Honestly, like I think I I knew enough about him, then I saw him, and then I was like, nah, no, nah, I just don't even want to look at or hear. This I want to say, Addy, do you have to do this? <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna go throw my dog downstairs. Don't don't do that. It, no, I, not down the stairs. I'm not gonna throw <laughs> the dog downstairs. Hold on. All right. How do you have so much itching and scratching to do? You're a nine pound dog. <laughs> Do you want to do a intermission here, or do you want to uh, keep going? I don't know. I haven't had my headphones on. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, we you were talking about Ted Cruz being a good guy. I, I was not talking about Ted Cruz being a good guy. I said oh. that he made some points that were not intellectually dishonest. I actually heard him on the that's the Chris Hayes podcast we talked about last week. All in. I was surprised. Oh, yeah, really? I was surprised. Number one, that he actually agreed to go on that show. Um, and I think it was a live event. Um, so I was surprised by that. That took some some cojones, I think. I was surprised to find him, as I said, to to be to make coherent points and to have coherent thoughts. I mean, honest, obviously, he's a bright guy. Um, I, I feel like he's just he knows that he needs to appeal to more moderates. Could be. And I think he's just, you know, I don't trust. I him. don't. I don't trust him either. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. So we were talking about Rand Paul. Rand Paul has made some additional news today, which you sent me on Twitter. Um, well, first of all, I guess before we get into that, even we should talk about because it, it relates to this is the whole Michael Flynn thing and the the, the yeah. DOJ deciding. Right. So w- let's what's what's the timeline? What's the, what's the timeline on Michael Flynn? So he was Trump's first national security advisor. Is that right? Yeah, he was Trump's pick to be, I believe, national security advisor even before he was in office. So at, when he was the president-elect, um, he was part of Trump's team to, that was going to go into the White House, and he was advising him on national security um, and perhaps was his pick to be at NSA. So today, I believe... Yeah, for, he was no, formal national security advisor. All right, he was. vindicate, completely and totally vindicated. <laughs> Yeah, that's I believe that was accurate. Um, yeah. So today, the the Justice Department, I think it was today, came out and said that they are dropping the case, that they no longer wish to prosecute him, um, even though he had um, pled guilty multiple times in court in person. Um, the twice, twice, yes. Um, so even though he had done that. The, the prosecution came out and said, we're dropping the case, we're letting it go. Now, the judge in the case has said, wait, hold up. It's not going to be that easy. You guys have to come up with a, a good reason why you're suddenly no longer interested in prosecuting this case. I don't think that all that much can come of that. I mean, if the government says we're not interested in prosecuting, what, what, you know, what are you going to do? You can't force them to prosecute the guy. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah. I um, mean, mor- morally, you can't. Either. But but that is 
at least he's not making it just go away. So it will be sitting in the uh, in the headlines for a bit longer. The thing about this that blows my mind, maybe you have some thoughts on this, but is that Trump fired Michael Flynn for oh, yeah, that's right for lying Why? for lying to vi- to vice uh, vice president Mike Pence, right? About the whole. No. So essentially, what happened was prior to um, Trump taking office, what was alleged and what um, came out as actually happened was that. Flynn had reached out to the ambassador of Russia to essentially assure them that the sanctions that the Obama administration was imposing on them, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you when we get in office. Wait, that was you, was that him or was that Papadopoulos? No, that was Michael or, Flynn. Or I mean, or Paul Manafort, I mean. Well, he was involved in all of it too, but Michael Flynn, so the direct thing that he lied to the FBI about was speaking to the Russian um, uh, ambassador prior to Trump taking office. And okay, so this is separate from when, uh, who did I just say? Paul Manafort. No, Paul Manafort, because oh, he drunkenly told the Australian ambassador right. that he was trying to negotiate a favorable resolution for Ukraine in, in Russia's favor while talking to Konstantin Klimnik. Um, that, and that guy was like a former... GRU uh, Russian agent. Right. So w- while Russia was actively trying to affect the election, who the person I just mentioned, Paul Manafort, was the campaign manager of the candidate that they wanted to affect mm-hmm. the election towards. So that's separate yeah. from this story about Michael Flynn? Yes. Okay, so if those are the same story, it undermines the Russia investigation. So you're saying it's not, right? I'm saying it's not. So if but... anyone's listening and thinks that what <laughs> happened today meant that the Russia investigation was a hoax... This just want to make it perfectly clear. This is a separate avenue of investigation, right? Yes, separate. Because avenue. this president has multiple scandals. So that the president fired him for lying to Mike Pence clearly shows that the president was not happy that he did that. Whether he did it because he wasn't happy about what it looked like, or if he was actually not happy about what, what happened, I don't think that's that matters. But so for that to happen, and then for his Department of Justice to come out now and say, never mind, we're not interested in prosecuting the guy, and Trump's rhetoric is completely turned around and now saying this guy's a hero, what happened to him was a travesty, he got railroaded, it just blows my mind. Okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean that he, is Trump afraid of him, or does Trump just want to clear the name of anybody who's been convicted under his administration? I think the latter. I would go, hey! You did the latter, right? <laughs> I I would agree. I think it's the latter. And so it's interesting, though, because I, I guess this is the DOJ trying to provide Trump with some political cover, because my sense is that if he were convicted, Trump would have tried to just pardon him anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he doesn't have to do that because they're not even going to attempt to prosecute him. So That's what happens when you own the judicial system. It is indeed. Speaking so, of which, you see that... Actually, no, stick with this, sorry. Okay. So, that's right. No, we didn't even get to the point. Right. Something new happened. Something new happened. So, do you want to talk about that? The Rand Paul uh, Yeah. Thing? So, it's not necessarily Rand Paul specifically, but... Well, we're just on a Rand Paul streak, yeah. So, Rand Paul made the news two days in a row um, with an ugly beard. <laughs> what is it with these, like, honestly, like, <clears throat> not very i can't find a better word for aggressive like they're just not super like 
tough masculine. guys. Yeah, sure. They're not like super tough guys, so they grow a beard because they're politicians. And they want to do something tough, and it's like I'm at home. I grew a beard. It's like yeah, we all grew a beard. You're not like me. I'm not. Like, I'm not saying I'm the tough guy in that story. I'm just saying like it doesn't make me relate to you. Anyway, he has an ugly beard. Well, he already he already had the virus, so he doesn't have to worry about the beard making it worse for him right. to, to catch it. You know. Yeah, he can get it caught in his mor- mor- oh, yeah. He can get those morsels stuck in the beard hair. <laughs> not a problem. Uh, he's like good. he's eating fish and chips and just not showering God. Like for weeks. Just nothing but saltine crackers oh. just stuck in there. Oh, no. Okay. So uh, weird-looking Rand Paul uh, went up today. Well, why was he even the one that was the soundbite? I don't understand that. Like, this isn't a story about Rand Paul. This is about um, there was a, a, a list of names provided by the director of national security why do we have so many different titles and heads of security uh, like branches it It feels like we have too many right yeah Uh, so so i I think this guy's like the person that looks over all of them except for the other person that looks over all of them including him (laughs) um and he released a list of names of people that inquired the name of redacted americans in uh phone calls that were intercepted um from foreign nationals that were being investigated. And I guess the act I just described is called unmasking. Mm -hmm. So the headline was that um, there was, what, 43 instances of unmasking, and 39 of them came from uh, officials of the Obama administration, and many of them came before the Russia investigation had started. And this was delivered from a Trump official to... Because of their request, this was delivered as a statement to these two senators: is Todd Grassley, right, and something Johnson. Johnson, um, yeah, yeah, and they they had written to they had written to this director of intelligence saying, "So I hear there were a lot of people asking about uh, good old good guy Michael Flynn's name, you know, at odd times. You know, I don't know why I know this, but I'm asking for that. Can you maybe give us a list of all the people that asked for that?" And then they published this list i mean this feels very produced but right and the reporting is that the the unmasking as it were was provided to a number of people including joe biden however there's no evidence at least to this point that joe biden asked for that information and there's no evidence that he reviewed the information just that it was delivered to him at some point um so i thought it meant that that was the name that requested it no, hmm. I don't believe that's the reporting I've seen. Even in the article that you sent me, I don't think it quite says okay. that. Um, but so, what the if you try to connect the dots here, what they're saying is that the Obama administration, specifically people like Joe Biden, were using the intelligence agencies to spy on the Trump campaign. That's that's the the dots they're trying to connect. And saying that that's the same thing as what Trump was doing on the Biden. On, by pressuring Ukraine. Ukraine, that's kind of the analogy they're drawing. Yes, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, yeah, I don't see it. Now, if my name was a redacted name and I happened to be talking to some official in another country unknowingly that they were being investigated, I really wouldn't like to find out that numerous officials tried to get my name unredacted. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. But I also, this doesn't feel like a scandal to me. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel like a scandal to me either. That, so so here's the thing. Like, let's just so so the big scandal is that these requests came prior to the Russia investigation, right? Right. Okay, just take yourself back. Imagine it's like late November of 2016. The election's a couple weeks old. It still doesn't feel like that actually happened. And right. there's multiple news reports about weird relationships with Russia and weird stuff coming out of Russia around the election. And, you know, a lot of that's tickling at the mind thinking, oh, maybe this will all go away. But in your head, you're like, okay, that's just not how things work. You know, I, I, this guy isn't going to get out of office until the next election. But, you know, you start to have those first thoughts. Now imagine you're sure. in government. I mean, isn't it totally reasonable that at that same time, that would be a reasonable time for people to say, like, well, what's the suspicious phone call that you had? I hear things about weird conversations coming from this region. I would be interested in knowing who that name is. I mean, that's all that this report says is that the, a bunch of names were asked to be unredacted, and it happens to have been Michael Flynn. Among I, others. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, there, were already, there was already reporting that you know, Russia had been interfering. I mean, the whole point, the reason that the Obama administration was talking about um, sanctions on Russia was because of that reporting. You're um, totally right. Yeah, before the Russia investigation even began, there was already talk of of what needs to be done while Obama's yes. still in office to punish Russia for what they did with the election, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All, so, all right. I don't I might want to know the Americans' names on these phone calls. Like it yeah. doesn't Okay. <laughs> that doesn't seem unreasonable. It doesn't seem unreasonable at all. So, I don't know. We'll see if they can make it, you know, what, a mountain. What what else of came oil. out today? What else came out today? That's that's what's happening. Um, well, is this a distraction from Flynn in general? Is oh, or is this intended to justify Flynn's release and get this all conflated in our minds? So, like a month from now, when we think about it, we go, "Yeah, why is this guy in prison?" I think that's why. That would make sense. That would make complete sense. I don't know what's going on with Rand Paul. To me, it seems like he is very interested in in being in <laughs> in uh, in Trump's pocket or Trump's corner. Um, and I don't, obviously he must have some motivations for doing that. Um, I mean, you follow him probably more than... always been that way. No, I, know. I don't follow him actually. He, he, he did not live up to the legacy of his father and I honestly barely ever pay attention to him. I see him in the news whenever you see him in the news. I just see him when he shows up in the news and go, you could have like, it, it, it's not it's so it's so weird that he like followed his father's footsteps in so many ways and then just became a Republican. A Trump Republican, honestly. Like it's <laughs> so weird. Yeah. His father stood for something and like, he just seems to have no principles. I don't see him at least. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I uh, apparently he's a good doctor and does a lot for charity and donates surgeries and does a lot of good things. Like I've read a lot of good stuff about him, but I just I'm not holding any water for him. I mean, he also has that sweet, sweet beard. Oh God, that beard is so ugly. It's like it's multicolored. It looks like Prince Harry or wh whichever one of them has a beard. Sometimes. Do you think maybe he just wants to be the the little spoon in the Trump bedroom? No, oh, that's cute. <laughs> right? well, Trump's so tall. I mean, I'd be the little spoon. 
that would be adorable. I think I think Trump needs some cuddling time too. That might well, that might help. And we know Melania ain't getting in there. And so Mike Pence would be in a separate bed. Somebody's somebody's got to do it, man. Yeah. This guy. Tr- did you see the tweet storm that came out from him on Sunday? Holy! I, shit. I heard he tweeted like 120 times this weekend or something. It was some massive amount. I don't have the exact number, but some. I think it was like five tweets an hour for 16 Whoa. hours straight or something like that. Wow. <laughs> like, come on, man. Get some cuddling time in. Yeah. We need Rand Paul in there. Take one for the team, Rand. <laughs> Randy. Um, so speaking of Biden, there's still a lot of speculation about who might be his... Oh, yeah, you texted me that thing about, like, who I think is going to be his running mate, and I was like, it seems like I hear everybody say Stacey Abrams, and then I was like, is he going to do, like, a TV show like LeBron? And you're like, literally, it just got announced that (laughs) Stacey Abrams is going to host the TV show for where he announces it. Well, they're not necessarily saying where he announces it, but so they're doing a a town hall style um, hour long show on MSNBC tomorrow with him. And she just happens to be um, a special guest along with him on the show. Apparently they'll be taking questions, I think maybe via Twitter or something like that. Um, But so if this is not him sort of um, saying who his VP is, it certainly seems like a dress rehearsal for that possibility. Yeah, or they're going to play it smart and get everyone's hopes up. It'll be like The Bachelor. Like, is this the episode where they propose? Or I've, I've right. never watched The Bachelor earlier. I'm assuming that's what happens. <laughs> and then, like, you get to draw that out over, like, three different candidates. And then, so you really get a four-week TV show out of this. So you can do three different candidates, and then you have the reveal episode. That's what that, they should do, get his name that, in the news more. That would be a, a heck of a media circus. Well, plus, you get to see him, like, alive and not underground. Yeah, I'll be watching it. I'm curious to see how he comes off. Um, so it'll yeah. be interesting to watch. I heard sure. Andrew Yang on Sam Harris's podcast talking about how Biden was very vibrant and talkative and normal sounding. And then, you know, he gets up there in a debate and sounds like a mealy mouthed idiot. Hmm. I didn't listen to that episode yet. I find Andrew good. Yang kind of annoying to listen to sometimes. I don't know why. I, I find him good on podcasts. I didn't like listening to him giving speeches. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I don't. I think he has some good ideas, but um. Yeah, well, I, that's why I like him on podcasts because it's like idea time, you know. Sure. Should we take a little like... intermission? Yeah, actually, yeah. I finished that beer. Yeah, let me grab a beer. All right. Brb. Okay. To the B side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. Green Sierra. Yep, nice and we're back. Yes, yeah, Sierra. I find Sierra to be nice and sort of, you know, it's low ABV, tastes good, doesn't make you feel super full or anything. No, yeah, but it has and good as flavor. yeah, and as you know, as IPAs got more and more popular, Sierra kind of slid down on the scale in terms of you know, hoppiness and you know, yeah, a- offensive mouth. It feel. seems way more just easy drinking yeah it's more like a coors light now than (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's the coors light of pale ales yeah there we go i'm pretty sure um rolling rock is that but yes rolling rock says it's a pale ale i i that's where i'm completely lost i'm like how okay well i don't understand beer my brother drinks a lot of rolling rock so i'll drink it up there when i'm with him they're good they're okay it's 
yeah, it's just all right for me. You know? I mean, it's good for the beer tier that it's in. You know, you yeah. get a twelve pack for like eleven dollars. Oh, it's hella cheap. I think it might yeah. be cheaper than that. I think it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. They don't put uh, the ABV on the bottle, and there's a reason. I think it's like four three or four two, but so is Coors Light. Coors Light's four one. Yeah, most yeah. of those beers in that class are in the fours. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. I don't understand Banksy. That Banks. was that's the question. Like like Bank of America, like Wells Fargo, no. like no Banksy. Oh, <laughs> you mean the artist? I think the, so. Uh, the graffiti artist. I think so. What don't you I, understand? Well, I think so is an answer to what you just said. <laughs> so like a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know a whole lot about Banksy. I have like. So, I have an idea of what I think Banksy Yeah, is. it's the graffiti of, like, the girl holding the balloons on a wall, right? Yeah, other things, too. And it, I oh. think that for a a long time, he was sort of a mysterious figure. He might still be, like, nobody knew who he actually was. People keep he, outing him. I, I see that every once in a while. Yeah. Somebody and, outed Banksy. And he would just pop up somewhere, or one of his uh, pieces would just pop up somewhere out of nowhere. And people be like, "Oh, Banksy did that." Um, Why do we know it's a man? Uh, good point. I don't know. Cisgendered piece of shit, dude. Look at me. Did I use cisgendered right? I think I um, used cisgendered right. I, I I'm not entirely sure, but I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, phase four. <laughs> We're such four. boomers. Phase four stimulus. Mm. Um, then it's phase four because the fourth phase that came out was really three point five. It was like when. Twilight New Moon came out in two episodes. It was yes. just like that. Just like one that. One was a werewolf, one was a vampire. Exactly. Um, speaking of bestiality, this is a good <laughs> one. Uh, in, a, in a werewolf situation, the small human can't metamorphosize into a more massive werewolf. And in that same way, we've managed to do that with our deficit. Oh, you like that? Whoa. So Whoa. the scale of our deficit... It's going to hit $4 trillion this year. This year. Not like our total deficit. That was when you were a kid. Uh, after 2008, we never exceeded $1.5 trillion. And, and even when we did, those were like massively large, right? It was 2008. So like this is going to have bad effects on interest rates and fiscal policy, right? So, there are, so I, I don't know that we're seeing that necessarily playing out yet. Um, no. That's right, and, and a lot. See, this is go back goes back to economists having a um, a perspective, and and sometimes coming off as partisan. Um, I've seen plenty of economists say that we can do this and it's going to be fine, um, and that the alternative to not doing it would be, in, you know, incredibly worse. Um, so, are you seeing economists come out in spades against it? Uh, maybe not specifically. I think I've just heard journalists talk about it that cover economics. So perhaps that's my bias. Perhaps, um, but I don't know how to interpret. You know, economic. Well, it's of that. I don't know how scale. to. I don't know how to interpret economic data. That's what I was trying to say. So I can, you know, read from journalists that cover the economy and defer to them as experts who have translated that right well i think i think it's hard for most people including myself to even wrap their head around that number 
um, which I think we've discussed before here. Yes. But a I trillion mean, so, is a million millions. Yeah. Specifically, this package. So the Democrats, the House has sent a, a bill to the Senate saying kind of what they want. Um, the The White House has not weighed in on it too much other than saying that they want payroll tax cuts. Right. I think. Yeah, the Republicans want payroll tax cuts and they want limited, uh, liability limits for businesses that reopen. Yes, yeah. yes, that one. Do you, think, do you think that sounds like a good idea, by the way? Uh, the, just So, okay, payroll tax cuts. Like, what do you think the benefits of payroll tax cuts are or do you think it's a good idea to have uh, limits to the liabilities for businesses that choose to open? I actually generally think that payroll tax cuts wouldn't be a bad thing um, and would be good for the economy, good for businesses, especially small businesses. Payroll taxes are huge. They're a, a large especially part. Especially in California, of, right? Yeah. It's a large part of their a, a small business's expense. So I, I think that could be useful. Um, the liability. Do they, do they only pay that when they have payroll, though, right? Yeah, but presumably if they're going to survive, they're going to have payroll. Right. But. That that's a it's kind of weird to be like we need these t- cuts for something that just may not even exist. Like you're looking at a lever that controls a button where the cable's been cut on the other side. <laughs> like the I business, mean, you shut the businesses down. It doesn't matter if you save them money on the taxes. They don't have employees to work there or a storefront left because they stopped paying rent. Fair. I, I think the other businesses that survive would have an easier time coming mm-hmm. back with mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. taxes cut. Oh, your point is taken, though. Yeah, that's um, my only argument. Of course, I mean, Jesus Christ, you're talking to someone who's a bad libertarian. Yeah, all <laughs> cuts to taxes are well appreciated over here. Sure. As far as the liability thing, um, I'm conflicted on that. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. So, uh, sorry, I asked you a question and I interrupted. Tell me. No, I, I just... Actually... Why don't you tell me tell me your thought first, and then I'll I'll see. Well, responsibility has to lay somewhere, right? Like, yeah. if something happens, someone either is responsible for themselves, and there is nowhere else for them to turn, and they will take care of themselves for it. Or if somebody else is responsible for it, and you have a legal system, that person is held accountable in some legal means. That has already been determined before the incident took place, so we don't have to debate over how this is resolved. So yeah, I think so. We kind of going back to like the meatpacking plants that we talked about a few weeks ago, and my argument that it was in their best interest to take care of their employees and make sure they were able to work safely. Um, so I think that if the the CDC comes out with guidelines that detail what businesses need to do to come back safely. Um, and I mean detail, not not the vague stuff that we kind of have right now. Um, and a company follows the CDC guidelines that they should not be held liable if that turns out to not be good enough. Yeah. However, if, if the company does not follow those guidelines, I think they should be held liable for that. That's, that should not be okay. Yeah, I think, well, I think that should be enough. Sure. Like, so if the CDC says all customers have to wear masks, you can only have one third your stated occupancy and mm-hmm. I don't know, limited hours. I'm not sure. Something yeah. like that. Something like that. Uh, yes. Yeah. So if you follow that, then there's, then all liability remains the same. And if, right? Yeah. So if, let's say I follow that and I still have an outbreak in my business, I don't, necessarily think that the 
my employees should be allowed to sue me because I did what I was told to do by my government to protect my people. I think that in that case, they should still have an avenue of suing the government. I would agree with that. Yeah. So in some sense, I'm saying that the liability needs to be shared and spread, but that we can't just eliminate liability. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately. I mean, so in a world where there wasn't a government, the store owners would be the person that you negotiate with. So, right. um, you know, is it worth being open is your question to ask. And if you're not willing to assume that risk, then stay closed, I guess, and file for unemployment. And Well, we can kind of look at these sports leagues and what they're doing. You know, baseball is talking about coming back um, with an A2 game season, but I'm here, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, tweets from players saying, hey, whoa, hold on, you guys are talking about how we're going to do this sort of financially. Are we really talking about, are we talking enough, rather, about how we're going to keep the players safe and, and the, the apparatus that goes around making a baseball game happen? Yeah, it is, and baseball has a, a massive amount of staff, and mm-hmm. they're always traveling, and they're mm-hmm. always going back and forth between leagues. and. Uh. Yeah, so baseball, MLB has presented a... Um, a plan, I guess, to the Players Association saying this is how we want to do it. And that's the strongest league or strongest union. Right. So now it's up to the Players Association to come back to the table, I guess, and negotiate anything they want to see added. I think there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of debate, I guess, about how they're going to split the financial um, pot um, between the players because baseball relies Mm. a lot on on ticket sales. Um, I mean, all sports leagues do, but I think baseball probably more than any other. Um, so the the amount of money that's going to be sitting around to be shared is going to be a much slimmer. Although you've got to imagine that the ratings that they're going to get for these games are going to be incredible. So I don't know if ratings are, if the, those are factored into the contracts they have with the networks, you know, if they get more money, yeah. if the ratings are higher, but it would seem like they should be able to do that. Yeah, it's hard to imagine anybody giving back any of the billions they spent on those rights, though. Yeah. Yeah. Man, fair. man, that, that I hadn't thought about that. I, I mean, I was definitely listening to you, but in the back of my head, I just started thinking, like, Jesus Christ, like, so do these people get game checks? Is that where their salary's from? Do they get half a salary? Like, what's happening with these pro athletes that negotiated this year's, you know, yeah. What are they going to do with their halves of their millions, Alan? <laughs> they might have to give up that mansion in Key West. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so speaking of sports, we uh, watched, we like live texted watching UFC last Saturday. That was yeah, so much fun. Yeah, that was fun. fun, man. That was such a good, uh, every fight on that card was good. Even uh, like, I usually, I I usually like the women's fights a lot. That one was pretty boring, but even yeah. it was was still really watchable because like I think at one point DC the commentator what uh had Daniel Cormier said something about one of the uh girls fighting and like she had responded to it and like I don't know that was just kind of cool it was good yeah that was part of the weird thing so at first the first couple of fights or maybe even just the first fight it seemed strange that there was no audience there um, and then afterwards, after you got through the first fight, maybe even the first round of the first fight, it just seemed actually pretty cool Yeah, because you yeah, could right really, away. really hear like the fighters breathing. You could hear their corners. It was funny. The, the fighters could actually hear the commentators and were reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they and were the commentators had to speak at the normal volume and it's the volume they get like recorded at like i mean it's how you talk into a mic you know yeah i almost think that if they do that again they need to do something about that because the, mm. the the i don't think the fighters should be able to hear what the commentators were saying because i don't know they, it was pretty cool though it was cool to watch it was a lot of fun you're right every fight was was really great um the last fight was just incredible. Oh yeah, um, I mean it went the distance too. Like, yeah. I mean he he won it in the last round. Yeah. So um, no, it was a lot of fun. It was it was cool to have some live sporting event back. Um, and and for I, the fact it was not just good because we missed sports like that. Those were legitimately they were good le- fights. Legit yeah. good. I think I I think I texted you. You know, I bought plenty of pay per views in my life. You know, boxing at UFCs, etc. This is the first time I. Say I got way more than my money's worth. I mean, yeah, it was I just agreed. 100% wall to wall, great, great entertainment, and it was. A lot I of was fun. worried that the last fight wasn't going to hold up. I was like, this right. main event's going to totally let me down, and yeah. I would have been fine with it still. Like it was that good, but like it didn't. It was very good. It, it didn't. It was. Yeah. It, yeah, it did one, not fail. One thing that was really funny to me was uh, which buffer is that, Bruce? Brian? Bruce buffer. Bruce. Ringo. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine. Bruce, definitely Bruce. He, he so he goes he he did his hype shit as usual as hype as loud fighting <laughs> yeah and like and it was just as hyped but then like with nothing behind it made it so weird like yeah that, even the, I didn't the, I never got used to that that was strange and the fighters coming out and like playing to the crowd that wasn't there <laughs> that was hilarious mm-hmm um so yeah that was fun so we uh, we talked about baseball golf is coming back too looks like we're going to have a tournament in june um they've scheduled four tournaments i think texas is the first one oh sure dude texas is open man like restaurants yeah well we'll see how arizona opens tomorrow i think we'll see how that goes la is extended through the through july July. yeah that's man dude that's rough that is really rough. Just like but, your mother liked it. <laughs> but I mean, their their cases aren't going down. They're probably the worst spot in California, I think. And and in the back of my mind, I mean, I I'd love to see all those people not have to be trapped in their house longer. But uh, they're my neighbors, so yeah, don't get sick, LA, because I like how San Diego's handling this. Yeah. That said, if you can't keep people locked in their house forever, they're going to come down here, man. Our beaches are open. It's going to be all Los Angeles. Yeah, I could see that. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. you know, it is what it is. If we're not sick, we won't get sick, you know? Yeah. The NBA you, is talking yeah. about coming back. I don't know how the heck you do Why that. Why do you think that NBA is going to be the hardest one to do? Why? Because they're, like, grinding on each other and stuff? Well, is they, it because of the interaction in the NBA is a lot higher and they're more chance of infection? Yeah, 100%. Well, the NBA was the first league to shut down. They had an infection. Um, one of their players, I can't remember the name right now, but they Back were one of the, the first jazz, leagues right? to have an infection and say, oh, okay, we're shutting it down. But yeah, it's just the you can't, there's no way to socially distance in, in a basketball game. I mean, in baseball, you can kind of do that to a certain extent. There is some contact, but not a lot. In golf, you can totally do that. Um, but basketball, you're just right up on each other the whole time and you're breathing heavily, you're sweating, you're, you know, like. If somebody gets infected on a team, the odds of everybody else in that locker room getting infected are super high, I would think. But don't they all have contract incentives to not get sick? Like, well, nobody wants to be... get sick. I well, mean, I know, but I'm just saying, like, wouldn't... 
the vice like president of Stafford did not want to get sick. I mean, it just happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. I Okay. I guess... It could happen anywhere. I mean, if they tested every day, if you started with a baseline with everyone, like if you started testing today and in two weeks people that had tested negative for that two weeks could start playing and you keep testing every day and as soon as you come back with a negative test then you take proactive me- or you know you take measures at that point like isn't that a way to do it and yeah i understand that, that is a way to do it but that's that's exactly you're have what a game where they played each other that's exactly what happened in the white house and somebody still got sick and it remains to be seen if uh, if there's ripple effects because of that, and other people were infected as well, we don't well, know yet. Either but, way, everybody in the NBA would have to consent to what I just said. You can't just make them do that. So, true. Um, you know, if they wanted to do that, though, sure, and it'd be great. But they don't. I'm not applying any pressure for me for that. I like basketball plenty, but at this point, I don't. You know, sports are a wash right now. It fucking sucks. But I, I mean, you talk about baseball coming back. I'm like, all right. I mean, if you if you say so, like you or don't, like it's fine if you don't, like you know. This is just a bad year for sports. And so yeah. it's like being a Sooners fan or a Broncos fan or a Padres fan. Like, you know, I mean, the Broncos won the Super Bowl recently, so fuck off. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's just get used to failure and it's fine. I suppose. I, I did hear they're talking about trying to figure out how to bring college football back, too. I don't, again, that's yeah. really tough. In, yeah, in the back of my mind, that's where it's going to get me. Because I'm like, it's fine. There's no baseball. What the fuck? It's summer. I don't watch sports now anyways. <laughs> but like, but like, once I get close to college football time, like by now, in the back of my head, I'm like, they would have had spring they would have had spring camp and a spring game already. So that's a lot of practices they're missing. Yeah. Like it's going to be a bad season either way at this point. True. Yeah. It's in good. terms of sloppy play, not, you know. Yeah, they were talking about that with the whole baseball thing with, you know, doing only a half a season. Is there a potential that a team that doesn't really deserve it and wouldn't have made it in a in a normal full season could win the World Series? I think 82 games is probably enough to sort of separate teams. I think 82 games is probably enough in general yeah. for baseball. Yeah, I think but so. Like, I think I, so. I didn't say that. Baseball fans don't like it when you say things like that. They really don't. Oh, my God. I said one time at a bar that baseball has stupid rules, and I was talking about, like, the unwritten rules. It was after some guy had been decapitated by, like, a guy on the the Angels. And, you know, it was the Angels and the the Rangers. Um, Do you remember that? Yes, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know... Everybody at this bar was talking about it, and I just happened to say it to the group next to me, but both groups were talking about it. I said it to them, like, ah, baseball, you know, it's fucking stupid anyways with their dumb, unwritten rules. Like, you're supposed to, like, what? Because some guy did something rude to you, you're supposed to throw a fucking baseball 100 miles an hour at their fucking head? Why? Because somebody insulted you? No. Like, Like, if anyone else did that anywhere, that's attempted murder. But then it's like, nope, that guy walks to the ball and you don't get to play anymore today, sir. Like, <laughs> baseball is stupid. It's unwritten rules are dumb. And this guy wanted to fight me for that. I was going to say, I'm sure the reaction was not great. Wasn't yeah. that, that such, like, hadn't the uh, the guy kind of showboated or something after hitting a home run or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's always something like that. You know, something reasonable. So throw a ball <laughs> at their fucking head. Yeah, it's so hard that when you hit it with a bat, it will fly 600 feet if you do it right. Yeah, he he threw that at his head. Yeah, and it's okay because he has a piece of hard plastic there, so it's fine. 
It's totally fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Might kill a guy, but it's completely well, within the. It'll destroy a pigeon. <laughs> Was that Randy Johnson? Randy Johnson, that? yeah. Yep. Just what a miracle. Dude, a buddy of mine met Randy Johnson at a bar and uh, has an autograph from him from there, like on a cocktail napkin or something. Super cool story. It, Anyways. It seems like a really nice guy, right? Yeah, although I've heard varying stories. My friend oh, said really? he was very nice. My friends that told me he was a very nice guy. Well, he was super chill. Signed a, yeah, signed a, yeah, God, he, him and like Willie McGee, I think, were the two ugliest people to play baseball. <laughs> They um, definitely had a face for radio, that's for sure. Willie McGee lived in the Bay Area. He came into the San Ramon Staples I worked at. Not that me and you ever worked at Staples, but... That um, never happened. No. And <laughs> he... Uh, well, and like I had... Ju- no, Pinole. It was the Pinole Staples. Oh, yeah, with and, Eric. Yeah, and and uh, uh, I, I was like, oh, that's the ugliest man in baseball. And they're like, don't ever fucking say that again. He's one of our best customers. I'm like, you guys are offended by this? Like, I thought we'd all just get a... Yeah, we all sort of agree. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> Willie McGee. Like, when was the last time Willie McGee was rever- was he on the Phillies or the Reds or the I want to Cardinals? Say f- I think Phillies was right. Phillies was right. Okay, I think so. Yeah. All right, football. I think football will stick around. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get some stuff back. We need some distractions in our life. Trump needs to, to watch some sports. Oh, he introduced the fight. Remember that. Oh, I forgot all about that. He did like a one take, like, all right, we need to open in business, so go do a tremendous fight. It's huge. I swear to God, he said huge and tremendous. He did. It was so terrible, and it wasn't even live. Like, he could have re-taped it a few times right. to try to get a better take, but he just said, nope, let's go with it. It's tremendous. Right. It's yeah, huge. if the camera quality didn't look so good, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. He phoned that in live. Yeah, no. That was, yeah, that was not pretty. Did you have another topic? Uh, I I kind of do it, it's so yeah I'll just I'll just do it so kind of a little bit gross I'll, I'll try to oh you said you had something personal to talk about yeah I'll try to make it not super gross it wasn't me personally that the gross thing happened and it's actually kind of a sad story oh okay I'll um, stop laughing my so I have uh, my upstairs neighbor is a, an older lady and her son um, I don't know how old she is but pretty old. I would guess late 70s, early 80s. And her health has been declining quite a bit of late. When I first moved here, she was, you know, she was a very vibrant person. I would see her, you know, working in the garden and doing things like that. And recently, over the last few weeks, it's just she seems to have gone downhill quite a bit. And her son that lives with her is is older. You know, he's probably in his 40s. He's somewhat... um, I guess mentally challenged, um, but he's he's mostly mostly coherent. So he called me um, last week. I want to say it was Friday, and he said, "Hey, I, I need your help with my mom." And that's the first time he's ever done that. Um, so I said, "Okay," and I went up there. And when I walked in, she was on the floor in her bathroom. Um, he has a bad back, and so he wasn't able to lift her. And she had not made it to the toilet to do what she needed to do. So she had done it on the floor and was kind of sitting in it. Jeez. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um, so I kind of fought my gag reflex and got in there and picked her up, um, You know, got her into her wheelchair, and then kind of looked away while he kind of cleaned her up. And then... I got her into her bed, 
<clears throat> it was it was very tough. She's not a small woman, um, and she was completely dead weight when, to pick up. I mean, just oh, yeah, and you know, 150 pounds, 160 pounds feels completely different different when it's you know, yeah, dead weight I thought human. You were saying heavier than that, but I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, you say dead weight. I mean, it's, 80 pounds yeah. is really hard because yeah, it's exactly. not like there's no center of mass. It keeps shifting. Yeah, very difficult. Um, my back hurt for like three days afterwards. Um, did but anyways, you get a backyotomy? I did not. No. But I, I managed to get her into her bed, and um, you know she was kind of like shaking and she wasn't very coherent. But after I kind of got her into bed, she kind of grabbed my hand and she she looked at me and I could tell. I swear that, to God, Alan, if this ends with a punchline, I'm going to kill you. There is no punchline. Okay. Uh, she said thank you, you know, and I left. Um, the next day I got another phone call, her, her other son, um, who lives, I think in San Jose came by, uh, yesterday. So I guess they're trying to figure out what to do next. Cause I don't think, well, she can't go to a nursing yeah, home. I That's don't... off the question now. Like never, she, ever, yeah, ever, well, she has... ever, ever nursing home. Yeah. She actually has a nurse that comes a couple times a week, but the nurse can't even move her. Um, wow. so yeah. Yeah, that's um God, I hope I don't get old, right? Yeah, mortality sucks. Yeah. Well, Why'd you do this to me? Hold on. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think I no, brought no, the whole don't show down. Sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. I have I had one random note. Uh, it might be a good non sequitur non non okay. non sequitur yeah, non sequitur. Um, uh I heard um the government's response to the pandemic called bop it economic policy because it's like they'll twist it all right bop it all right pull it bump 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 I, so when you said that, I'm thinking, um, what's the game in the arcade where the little like things pop up and you got to smash them down? Like uh, whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole. Yeah. whack-a-mole. That's what I was. Thinking. Very similar. Did you play Bop It ever? Did you have a Bop It? I think I did. That's the oh, thing where it's man. like the plastic dome that you push down and it no, pops that's up. the Popomatic bubble. Okay, the Bop It was a wand, um, and it had like a bulbous end that had a big like easy button, like the Staples easy button on it that said Bop It. Um, at the end of, on the bulbous end of that wand, like on the polar end of the of the wand part, oh, is that was, thing that goes around your ankle? No, let's skip oh. it. Um, oh. On the on the on, <laughs> so if this is a wand and one side sort of has like a like a bulbous end, so they can put that button on it for you to slap when it says bop it. Yeah. There's another on, on that end. There's a knob at the very end of like the pole shape of it that you can twist. And then on the opposite end of that pole, on the long side of the pole, is a slide that you can pull out. So to start the game, you hit the bop button, and it goes, bop it, and you bop it. You say twist it, and you twist it. You say pull it, and you pull it. You say pull it, and you say pull it. You say twist it, and you pull it. And ah, fuck. So the idea was to do the pattern. I think I did play that. You say it, yes. And then it would go, in between rounds. Uh, yeah, that's feels like what the government is doing to uh, leave our current, uh, blah, blah, blah. I brought it back to politics. Forgive me. Uh, well, speaking oh, of 90s I watched, toys. Yeah. 
so after the podcast last week, you know, we had a couple beers uh, doing the show as we always yeah. do. And I, so we finished the show. It was a good show. I good you know, show. Uploaded, uploaded everything to you and was just chilling. And so I was like, yeah, I'll have a little bourbon. So, oh, you got ass. drunk. I forgot about this. <laughs> uh, so I, I woke up the next morning and I checked my email. I, I don't have my email notifications on because they annoy me. So I just check it like a few times a day. Um, and so I, I look in my email and I have a receipt from Amazon and uh, apparently I bought rollerblades. So I got that going for me, uh, which, is, which is nice. Are they like off-road rollerblades? No, they're just regular street rollerblades. Are blades. they K2 rollerblades? I think they're uh, Rokes, R-O-C-C-E-S, something like that. Well, that one wasn't a big brand that I remember. Oh, it was back in the day. Oh, so it was? You were, okay. You weren't, you weren't in the rollerblade nope, game, I wasn't. Man. Nope, nope, I wasn't. I was you all about me. rollerblades when I was like I was 15. more in the BMX set. Makes sense. It does? Thanks. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I will be a 41-year-old man um, trying to rollerblade here in the near future. You, they say, you know, what the hardest part about rollerblading is telling your parents you're gay. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I guess I'm guessing that I, either you've already had that joke on deck, or you told somebody else about the rollerblades, and that was what they said. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I've told anybody else about the rollerblades. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I've yeah, definitely heard that joke before. It's um. Yeah, it's an odd choice, Alan. I've got to say, like, <laughs> I, I'm just picturing you in rollerblades with jinkos on and right? like full plug earrings and a vape like Maybe a big a, vape too a they have small yeah or like a corn t-shirt like an oversized corn t-shirt oh there you go yeah. Marilyn Manson yeah um, and and full plugs septum piercing and you're using <laughs> even though you could get like a jewel or something you're using like a big giant vape thing like the brick one that makes fat right. clouds bro Right, bubblegum yeah. flavored. Yes, yeah. No, there's a bunch of big hills over here. I'm kind of excited to try bombing. You're gonna out. bomb those hills? Hell yeah! Oh my god, get <laughs> did you get wrist guards? No. Oh my god, are you gonna wear a helmet? No. Oh. Come on, man. I'll wear oh. I'll wear a mask just in case I I see any do people. You, how do you stop on rollerblades? Do you pizza and French fry like skiing? That's how I do it. They have, um, I do it like hockey players do, but they do have brakes on the back of them, but I never use them. In fact, usually I take them off. Take them off, right? Like a kickstand on a bike. Fuck yeah, this yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't like slide like on a skateboard or something? I Similar. Guess you, yeah. You know how hockey players stop where they turn their feet at an angle? That's what you do to stop when you're bombing a hill? Yeah. I w- not both oh, feet, man. just one, but so basically. Oh, I see. Do you yeah. do, um, let's see what else. Do you do tricks? Like, do you jump them? I I did when I was fifteen. I seriously doubt I'll do that now. Did you used to do that when you were fifteen? Did you like I, grind and like do jumps? S- sorta, yeah. I did was pretty do, into it to be honest. You, so you'd like grind the rails on the staircase <laughs> out uh-huh. by the loading dock or something? At the at the school, yeah. Oh, why, so did they start putting up those bumps on the rails uh, when you were a kid, or was that after your age? That was post me, but I do remember seeing them as I was. I get mad when I see those still. Me too. Yeah. Not cool, man. No. Well, I got to ruin our fun. Yeah, I know. Jerks. <laughs> uh, I watched that conspiracy documentary. Actually, that wasn't it. Uh, I watched that documentary, uh, Planet of the Humans. Do you want to talk yeah. about that now? It's kind of late in this. Do you want to talk about that next week? Sure. 
I just had a note that said most conspiracies. Um, so like, have you noticed that like a lot of times historically, this is just a random thought, so I'm going to share it. Um, most conspiracies seem to be squared up around the fact that we can't accept that one man can change the course of everyone's history. So mm-hmm. we can't accept that Oswald as one person shot Kennedy, there has to be multiple people involved. Otherwise, you know, I can't live in the world where one person has this much control of everyone's lives, right? Yeah. So con- conspiracies come up to prove that that was more of a uh, an intended event. <clears throat> where modern conspiracies seem to be based on how one person does have that ability. Like... Instead, we're saying there was one person that escaped a lab in Wuhan, and that's who got everyone sick, or, you know, just, I don't know. It just seemed weird that, like, all our conspiracies these days seem to be like, well, there's this one person that's, like, Bill Gates is, you know, the real person behind all of these things. Uh, So I think think you may be onto something there. I would say that conspiracies are similar to religious mythologies, in that they help us to cope with something that we have trouble with coping right. with. So similar to like coping with our own mortality. So, well, let's pretend there's an afterlife. You know what I mean? It's a similar sort of coping mechanism for things that we find difficult to, to handle. So back then we couldn't tolerate the fact that one person really did have the power to alter human events. Whereas now we feel like we don't have that power. So we want to make conspiracies where that is happening. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think it goes both directions. I think that we we still make the same. There are conspiracies that are that fit both sides of that coin that you just described. Yeah, that's true. That's actually why I stumbled through to the beginning. I was like, I think I wrote this shit down. Hi, man. There's a lot of conspiracies <laughs> that have a lot of people in them. Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. Okay. Um, that was a fun little topic, though. Yeah. I don't know. What else? What else? What else? What else? I think we talked about Donald Trump enough. We talked about the economy enough. I'm trumped out, man. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, we'll have more stuff about the economy next week. Well, anyways. let's let's just talk uh, about things we're watching. Um, oh, like yeah. Like we usually do. Or listening yeah. to or reading. What, or what have like you that. been consuming? So last night I watched um, a thing on Amazon Prime called Fly. Oh, which... it's with my, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Brundlefly. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, it is not. It's not with Jeff Goldblum. No, it's uh, these two. Aust- in there. It's these two Australian comedians. Actually, you just reminded me of something about Fly, and now I can't remember what exactly that was. Is it Fly to the Concords? They're not Australian. They're from New Zealand. No. no it, I'll think of it later. Anyways, uh, no, they're two Australian comedians, and I, I know nothing about them. I didn't do any research or anything about them, but. Um, apparently they were somewhat of an iconic duo in the Australian comedian landscape previously, and they broke up and then now this is like, they're, they're reentering the scene together again after some hiatus. Um, and it was very fun. It's actually about uh, the Wright brothers. Um, okay. But it's almost done in a Monty Python, like sort of silly way. Um, I would actually say it's a very Monty Python, like, okay. Um, anyways, it had me laughing. I, I was, what, what platform is this on? Prime, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Is it free? Yeah. yeah if you have it's Prime, called it's Fly? Free. Yeah. Is it a series or a show? I think it's just a um, like a movie or a show. Okay. I don't think it's a series. 
Yeah, I'll totally watch that. I'll probably watch that tonight. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Let me know what you think. Okay, for sure. What about um, you? Uh, two things. One was a, a random Instagram post that just was like so creepy and odd. I'll, I'll add it as a clip as the audio at the end of this, but the visuals from the post were probably equally stunning. Um, so it was that photographer that you follow. That I think you got me to follow him called Kicklowitz is his Instagram post. So oh, yeah. Yeah, K I K L O W I C Z. Uh, yeah. I think he's a photographer named Douglas Kicklowitz. And he had um, a post with like a porcupine in it and some really like odd um, discordant music. It's a um, hedgehog, I think. It's a hedgehog, yeah. yeah. And the lady just kept saying, like, it was like that sample music where they like say the same line over and over again. Uh-huh. And it had like weird lighting in the video, and she she was saying like something about being at Costco and like shopping yeah. at Costco. Costco yeah, yeah. was surprisingly not busy. Co- like, yeah, I don't know. just it, over it, and over again. Yeah, but it was so enchanting. I'll I'll play it here though. Um, I'll play it at the end. That was like one of my favorite Instagram uh, posts that I'd seen. Just original stuff for a while. That um, guy posts really cool stuff, and I'm pretty sure he shoots all that with just like an iPhone. Um, Whoa, but really? yeah, well, at least the video stuff, not, not the photography, but, um, cause he's, he's the one that, uh, posts a lot of, um, images from like Trump rallies and stuff, which I think yeah. how I, I found him initially, but, um, yeah, really great photographer, really interesting perspectives on all of his shots and the video stuff he posts is really, really interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Very artistic. Yeah. His shots always do a great job of capturing one person in a crowd making a facial gesture that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. expect or but it just it really does speak through the photo to what's happening um emotionally in that room at the time so yep yeah yeah, he's a great follow k-i-k-l-o-w-i-c-z um yeah worth the follow the other thing i was i've been consuming is uh i've been buying more vinyl records and trying to get into artists that i've missed and I was recommended the band Television. Are you familiar with them? No, I, you got me into what is it? His 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 messenger. His his golden messenger. Actually, golden yeah, messenger, I'll talk yes. about them next week. Yeah, or fuck, I'll talk about them now too. Well, yeah, his golden messenger is my favorite artist I found last year. Um, the lead singer's been a while, around for a while, and as a band, they've been together for a bit. But they really broke through last year. His golden messenger is fantastic. But um, I found this. Or I was recommended this band. I didn't find them. There's the this album I bought is from 1977, called uh, Marquee Moon. M A R Q, whatever Marquee is spelled. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marquee Moon. Um, uh-huh. And so there, the the sticker on the vinyl sleeve says uh, um, "Jazz for the punk rock set," or maybe "Punk for the jazz set." I can't remember now. Um, I, yeah, they were, they were, uh, the edge from U2 said that he plays guitar attempting to mimic the lead singer's guitar. Um, really? You said yeah. this is from the 1970s? 1977 is their debut album called, wow. uh, called, uh, yeah, the band's called television. They're like that, um, late seventies New York punk. Um, mm-hmm. but they're kind of like classified as like post punk, but it's, you know how things kind of get classified while they're while they're contemporary and they just don't really fit that genre anyways, I, I would almost yeah. say they feel like progressive rock almost or early alternative. Um, they, they influenced bands like REM and, 
I don't know. Did you ever hear that band Against Me? Yeah, dude, I love Against Me. Okay, the the lead singer, uh, apparently, I loved Against Me too, but I can't anymore because he's just doing an impression of this guy. Oh, uh, really? Well, you yeah. know that, that the lead singer is transgender. Yes, now, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it's a woman yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, still, still sounds the same, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I love Against friend, Me is one of my favorite bands. Yeah, I love Against Me. My friend's like obsessed <clears> with them. My friend up in LA, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's always posting, going concerts. He like met her after a show recently. Yeah, um, a buddy of mine, because I think they started in Florida, I want to say, and a buddy of mine happened to catch a show at like some random bar there before they even blew up. So I heard about them like really early. Um, yeah. A lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, Americans me Abroad. Pretty- the live yes. album's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, uh television's really good. You'll like the the voice. They also influence like the Pixies and stuff like that. So Oh nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I will check that out. Yeah. I found um that Lily Hyatt song I sent you. I really I've really been liking her stuff recently. Yeah, that was really good. Um yeah. pretty original sound, but feels like comfortable within like a like a rock, classic yeah. rock almost. Like what? Yeah, I like her I like her voice a lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of emotion. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff. That's right. it. You don't have two things. That's fine. I'll be uh, <laughs> left and right Twix over here. Uh, it's better when we don't rant. And I, God, this is an hour forty-four. There's a lot of editing. Yeah, we can cut some of that. Yeah, I think it took like fifteen minutes to get started. Anyways. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, it's been good talking with you. Uh, I don't think we argued that much, but no offense. None taken. Cheers. Hey, we did it right that time. I know. And then I said your goodbye. (laughs) Cheers. God bless. Costco is empty and clean. Costco is empty and clean. Set to smooth jazz. Set to smooth jazz on YouTube.
smooth, smooth, set to smooth jazz on YouTube. Now this is podcasting.